Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. You know, we're about to enter a time of prayer and fasting. Pentecost was a very similar situation. Jesus had resurrected. He appeared to more than 500 people for a period of 40 days, and then he ascended to heaven. After he ascended, the disciples gathered together in the upper room, and they prayed for 10 days. And you remember from previous teachings, we've talked about the number 10 in the Bible is a symbol of testing. I thought it was interesting that on the 10th day, the Holy Spirit came and filled them. We're going to read about it here in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty typhoon, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. They were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. Let's take a moment to process what we just read. Sometimes we can focus on how things happen and lose sight of what happened. And so at the expense of possibly being overly simplistic, I just want to crystallize what happened here. In simplest terms, the believers had an encounter with God, and they began telling everybody about what God has done. And then Peter stood up, and he explained how being filled with the Holy Spirit was predicted by the prophet Joel. And he went on to boldly speak about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And then skip down to verse 41. We pick up the story. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. 3,000 people from all the different people groups that we mentioned. And I want to show you a map of all the people that are represented there. Terry, could you hand me that um, pointer there, that clicker? <clears throat> Thanks. So over here on the right side in the yellow, um, this area here is modern-day Iran. This area over here is modern-day Iraq. Down here is present-day Saudi Arabia. 
And so the Parthians, the Medes, the Elamites, uh, these are people who are living in the area of modern-day Iran. They were probably Israelites who were exiled after the fall of Israel, but they never moved back to Jerusalem. They stayed where they were, and they lived there, but they were believers. There were people from Mesopotamia, which is from modern-day Iraq and Kuwait, and parts of Syria, which is right in here. And then there were people uh, living around Jerusalem. That would be Judea. There's also people from Cappadocia and Pontus as modern-day Turkey. And then there was Egypt down here, and over here, Cyrene, parts of North Africa, and also the island of Crete. So you had all these people, also visitors from Rome, Jews and converts to Judaism, even Arabs from modern-day Saudi Arabia down in here. All of these were present, and those who responded, Luke says that there were 3,000 people added to the church on that day. The first church was a megachurch. The church is large because God's vision is large. God's vision, if you recall the book of Revelation, when we get there, there's going to be a great multitude that nobody can count. People from every tongue and tribe, people from every nation. That's where this is all going. That's where we're going. That's God's vision. And so God knows, God's also very practical. He knows what it takes to be able to accomplish that. And so that's what we're seeing here at the very start. There's a lot of momentum that happens in the very beginning. And the kingdom of God is continuing, continuing to advance with momentum. There were people from all over the world so that God could reach the world. And the result of their encounter with God was telling people about the wonderful things that God had done. And the same is true today. Your encounter with God is different, but it is no less real. And the natural result is to tell people. When you experience something fun or exciting, uh, we post it on Facebook, uh, we text it by WhatsApp or Viber to our friends, you know, we tell people. Um, it's just the natural thing to do. But posting something on the internet is one thing. It's another thing for your story to be used of God. And in order for that to happen, there needs to be a combination of your willingness and your availability along with the prompting of God's spirit. So I want to give you an example. Remember Philip, one of the disciples, after Jesus had resurrected, he was on the road going south, and he saw a chariot, and the Lord said, I want you to run up alongside that chariot. And the Bible says Philip ran. And when he got up alongside it, there was an Ethiopian eunuch on his way back down to North Africa. And he was reading the book of Isaiah, and it was that part in the scripture where it talks about Jesus being sacrificed, being the sacrificial lamb. And Philip was able to explain to him what that meant, how that related to Jesus, led him to the Lord, and, and that Ethiopian was baptized right there and then, and then continued on his way. There's a couple things happening in that story. This Ethiopian eunuch was open. He was interested. 
He was reading God's word. Philip didn't know that. Philip just saw a chariot that was traveling through the desert. But the Lord prompted him and said, I want you to go up and run alongside that chariot. And when he did that, then he could hear what the guy was reading. And it was these things in combination that allowed Philip to see that God was at work here and allowed Philip to be a part of what it is that God was doing. In the same way, we too are invited to be a part of what God is doing. He may prompt you in some way to say, hey, why don't you greet that person and get to know them? And as you begin talking, all of a sudden you find out what's going on inside, what they're thinking, what they're feeling, what they're going through. And then that's an opportunity to be a part of what it is that God is doing. But I think that the struggle that we have is how do, I, how do I really know when God is at work? And there are two verses that I think are important in order to know when God is at work. One of them is found in Romans chapter 3. Paul said, there is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks after God. In our own sinful nature, in the kingdom of self, we are happy to serve self. And uh, I don't know if you, how many of you became Christians later in life like I did, but when I was younger, um, I, I was happy doing the life I was doing. We didn't go to church on Sundays. Our routine was to go to the beach and barbecue and have a great time. But it was God at work, and that's the next verse, John 6, 44, no one can come to me, that is to Jesus, this is a quote of Jesus speaking, unless the Father who sent me draws him, draws them to me, and at the last day I will raise them up. The point of putting these two verses back to back is to help you see that any time you hear somebody showing some interest in God, any time you hear somebody who wants to know more about the Bible or about spiritual things, the Jesus, the Holy Spirit, what you're seeing is God at work because that can't happen unless the Father is drawing them. And if you witness that, that's an opportunity for you to make adjustments to your schedule, whatever it is that you're doing, and come alongside what it is that God is doing in that person's life and to help them take the next step. Very often, you know, we inquire where people are at spiritually, and we find out maybe, yes, they're a Christian or they've received Christ, and we think, oh, great, you're good. End of story. But really, salvation is not the finish line. Salvation is the starting line. And Jesus calls us to go and make disciples, to help people be followers of Christ. And there are so many ways that we can do that in the area of relationships, in the area of our health, our finances, growing in leadership. Um, there are just all kinds of ways that we can learn to trust God by faith. And so if you want to join God in what he's doing, and you hear somebody who's interested, help them take the next step. There's a lifetime of learning that we can be involved in people's lives. I mentioned some of them developing as leaders. There's understanding our true identity, the way God made us, growing and developing in that, finding out what is our assignment, entering into our destiny. It's a lifetime of learning. There's so much to unpack in our salvation. And so here's what I would like us to consider as we 
review what happened at Pentecost, what the believers did, and that is to join God by simply coming alongside others who are interested in God to help them connect with him. It could be just a simple word of encouragement. could be a prayer. could be teaching them a life lesson that you have learned from principles in God's word. It could be a combination of all of these. And this is really what life group is about. Life groups are relationships plus God, and together it's life-giving. We have about maybe 15 or 16 life groups that meet uh, throughout the island, throughout the week. And I want to just share a story with you of, of how getting together in these relationships and coming alongside each other makes a difference in our lives. And so I want to invite um, Josh and then Terry to come on up. But um, Josh, would you come on up and just share the story of how that's been meaningful to you? Oh, there we go. Right. You're good. How you doing? Um, here to share about. Uh, oh, first I'd like to pray, if that's okay with you guys. Heavenly Father, I just pray, Lord God, that you um, speak to me, Lord God. Um, give me the wisdom and the words to speak to your people here today in our church. Father, I just thank you, Lord God, for all that you are doing in my life, my wife's life, Lord, and in our church. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Okay, so um, November twelfth of uh, November 12 of 2012, I gave my life to the Lord. Um, didn't know nothing about life group. Uh, back then, I guess it was called home group. But um, I was searching. I was searching. I kept searching. I, my wife was my ex-girlfriend uh, at the time. She was my girlfriend. Uh, we were fornicating, living in sin, you know, doing all these things. The Bible was, the Lord was convicting us. And then um, I started searching and searching. I was like, um, okay, Bible study, okay, a life group. How do I get involved? So Sunday, they had a listing, then they said, oh, Sundays, um, Tuesdays was, I think, over at Brother Art and Jackie's uh, home. I went in there, I was kind of uncomfortable, I knocked on the door, Sister Jackie answered the door, and I was like, um, life group, or Bible study? I don't remember what I said, but um, they said, come on in, come on in, come on in. I was like, oh, wow, cool. I sat down with the sisters next to Sister Tess, and I forget some other sisters, I was, I was feeling so awkward, uncomfortable. And then um, <laughs> some of the brothers said, uh, hey, bro, come over here, come over here. I'm like, okay. So I'm, you know, still kind of shy, right? But I was like, man, I don't know these people. These guys are Christians. All right. So eventually over time, I kept on going. I made it the effort. I got, I got kind of lost in Sinanya. You know, it was kind of dark going into that area there. So I was like, okay, Lord, you, I'm, I'm stepping out, so help me. So, he, so we got root, I got rooted and planted in the roots uh, home. And then we multiplied. And then, I, uh, and then we further went to another life group. As soon as we multiplied, was Brother Lawrence and Sister Tess's life group. I, was, um, I said, Lord, use me. Use me. Prepare, help me to prepare myself for what you have given me now so I can share with the, the other brothers that, I, that, that are struggling the same way I've gone through in my life or growing up in my life. So Brother Lawrence, um, he invested his time, his money, his effort, everything in me. So... He, he saw something, and I said, well, I don't know what it is, bro. It's just I have a desire to do something, but I don't know what it is. I need your help. So he helped me. And being a part of a life group, being a part of a family, my wife, which was my girlfriend at the time, was getting ministered by the sisters here. Thank you, sisters, for always uh, including my wife. Um, it means a lot to me. And then uh, Brother Lawrence said, okay, Pastor Mark, um, yeah, 
ready to be a life group leader? I was like, what? Yeah, dude, I, I'm just, I'm new. I, mean, I just started, you know, maybe I think that was, you know, three years or two years down the road. I said, nah, Lord, if it's for you, it'll happen. So in November, I was like, okay, you ready? I was like, yeah, sure. Can we start in January? You know, so eventually the life group happened. Um, and then um, looking back in my walk with Christ, um, there was people that were a part of my life growing up. I didn't come from a good home. Mom Divina and Papa Mesa, Frank Mesa, played a big part in my life growing up. Pastor Roland is not here anymore. But you see how where I'm getting to is people. These people had enough heart to take me in, to take me under their wings. They didn't even know who I was. They didn't judge me. They loved me. They showed that same love that Christ loved them like Christ loved the church. They loved me. Now I'm able to do what these brothers have taught me to do and what Pastor Mark has led the example in our church. So people like Josh, stand up. Ando, Jeremy, stand up. Like these brothers. I want these brothers' lives to be better than mine because they see my life and they see the, that joy and the impact of what Christ has did for me. And I'm like, dude, how did you get to where you're at today? I was like, dude, follow me as I follow Christ. Don't follow me if I'm smoking ice. You know, so, you know, and then, so, yeah. so eventually we just pass along the love of Christ because it's evident. People will see it. They'll be like, dude, there's something different about you. I'm like, yes, yes, bro. It's the blood of Jesus. The blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony is why those, my brothers are here today. Thanks, Telos. Sit down. <laughs> but when we stumble and we fall, we go back to the trenches and say, Tell Kahulu, get up, get back up. You can do it. We can do it together in Christ, in Christ alone, bro. He can give us the strength to do it. But I saw myself getting a little bit comfortable. Hey, blessings. I got a beefed up truck, got a forerunner lifted, got a house overlooking the valley, the oceans, and the mountains. And I said, Lord, God forbid those blessings become, come before you. Those are the blessings. Each and every one of you are a blessing sitting here today. The blessing of what Christ has instilled in your heart is a continuation of the manifestation of what God is going to do in our church. But not only that, also out there when church really starts out there. But when I was called this morning by Pastor Mark, can you speak? I said, Lord, like Pastor Terry said, to be ready in season and out of season. Because God will take care of the rest. Once we step out in faith, he says, I'm with you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Even as men, when we're behind closed doors and we're struggling... And we're, we're stumbling and we're falling and we're making mistakes. He's there with us. When I'm behind the door, I said, Lord, I'm nothing without you. I don't have this. I don't have this. I don't have this. It says, Josh, you're my son. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I'm a living testimony. And I see brothers from back, back then sitting here today. You know what I'm saying? Because when they see your life, your life speaks a lot louder than what's being preached. Because the word of God doesn't never come back void. When the seed is planted, other people will start planting and planting and watering. But God does the growth. And then when God draws them to himself, it's our job to honor him, honor God, and make disciples. In our church, in Micronesia, and beyond. Thank you. Love you. That's what I'm talking about. 
Terry, you want to come on up? Like Josh, I want to invite us to join God in what he's doing in other people's lives as we have received to give freely. Terry wants to share a little bit about that and what God is doing. During the worship, <clears throat> I felt like the Lord gave me a word for the church, but I also felt like the Lord gave me a word for each person individually here. And so I just had the sense while Josh was speaking that the Lord wants us to close our eyes and put our our hand on our heart, and I just want you to hear from him as he speaks. I feel like the Lord is saying that it is a time for reflection. Many of us are reflecting on 2018. Some of us have been broken this year, and maybe even in the process of still feeling the breaking some of us have experienced great loss and great pain. And the Lord says, whether that breaking and that pain happened because he brought it into our lives or whether we brought it upon ourselves, the Lord says, I'm sovereign over all of that and that I am using it to begin to do something in 2019, I'm beginning to use the brokenness in 2018 to reset and to realign some of us and this church to become all that he created us to be. And the Lord says the brokenness was necessary. It was necessary, it was needed. And some of us resisted and some of us gave up, and, but we just, the Lord just wants to say I was in it. And like a bone that is out of place, sometimes the doctor has to re-break it in order to reset it. And so the Lord says, in 2019, I'm going to begin to reset some things in this church. I'm going to begin to reset some things in your life. And in my life, the Lord says, I'm going to begin to realign us to a greater purpose. That somehow that time in 2018, the Lord says, yes. But forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. The Lord says, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Now, in 2019, it will spring up. Do not look back. Look ahead, for the Lord says that I am realigning you to a greater purpose as a whole and also as individuals. And so the Lord says, receive that from me. He's speaking to some of you right now. And it's okay. The breaking for some of us is at its end. And the realigning and the resetting, it's a time, as Mark had said, for reflection and preparation. And so would you just, in, a, in the silence of your own heart, just say, God, have your way. Reset, realign me to your purposes. Father, we receive that word this morning. We embrace it. We embrace the brokenness and we embrace the resetting and the realigning. For out of that, the Lord says, you will become like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf will not wither. Whatever you do will prosper. 
That is the word of the Lord for us today, in Jesus' name. If we can just continue in an attitude of prayer, with our heads bowed. I'd like to address another group that may be here this morning. Michaela, I invite you to come on up. Some of you here, you've been hearing us talk about relating with God, hearing from God, responding to God. And this idea of having a relationship with God is something that um, has piqued your interest lately. If you're here and you sense that God's been trying to get your attention, but you've never made a formal choice, you've never made a conscious decision to invite God into your life, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. And so if that sounds like you, uh, in a moment we're going to pray. I'll pray out loud and you can just join me in your heart. God will hear you. But before we pray, I'd like to know who I'm praying with. And if, that, is that, if that's something that you would like to do, I'd like you to go ahead and look up. And when my eyes meet yours, I'll know that we're going to pray together. And so if that's something you'd like to do, go ahead and look up at this time, and then we'll pray together in a moment. The two of you? Okay, very good. And in the back, yes, I see you there. Anybody else? Yes. Okay. Yes, I see you right here. Okay. Anybody else? Okay, there. And on this side, yes, I see you here. Anybody else? Okay. And there, yes, I see you. And here? Okay, very good. And there. All right, let's pray. Father, during this season, I've been sensing that you are getting my attention. Lord, I've been sensing that um, you're drawing me to yourself. And so I'm here today. Today I'm choosing to say yes. I'm choosing to open up. I'm choosing to invite you to be in my life. So I open my mind and my heart and I invite your spirit to come in. I ask your spirit of love and your spirit of forgiveness into my life. And I ask you to forgive me for things I've done that have been hurtful to other people, to myself. And if you're praying this prayer right now, I want to ask you to take just a concentrated moment to focus and make the decision to open and let his spirit of forgiveness come into you. This moment is for you. He's been waiting for this moment for you to experience him. Let him in his love and forgiveness come in and wash away guilt. Remove the distance between you and God and allow you to experience him. Yes, God, I open up and I thank you for coming into my life and I thank you for Jesus dying on the cross for me and forgiving me of my sin. And I ask that you would forgive me, cleanse me, wash me, give me a new start. Show me how to live life your way. I've been running in my own effort all this time and it's not worked very well. God, I want to try living life your way. 
So I ask that you would reveal what that is. Show me how to live life the way you originally intended and make me the kind of person you want me to be. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give a hand to those who prayed that prayer.